Test, test. Yay. Man, we talked about this already. No, it's great. Okay. Alright guys, welcome back. I'm Matt Ralston again. I'm Latif Fuller, still. <laughs> and we still don't have a name for this podcast. No. We were just actually going over some. It'd be amazing, or you'd be amazed, how many taken podcast names there are. So many of them are taken. So we're thinking maybe No Slacker Podcast, which I'm not huge on because I really like Richard Linklater. <laughs> we got Second Sticks Podcast. What the hell's that say? <laughs> uh, that says One Take Podcast. You have bad writing, dude. I have awful writing. <laughs> Second Take Podcast. Jump Cut. Jump Cut. Yeah, that was we, great. We love Jump Cut, but some yeah. asshole took it. I know, and he hasn't posted in like four years. We would try to buy it off of him. Yeah, contact me and be like, I'll give you 50 bucks for your podcast. <laughs> Don't make me tell you again. And then I was like, Deep Focus Podcast, and Matt was like, this sounds sexual. Yeah, it's way too pornographic. And then he suggested Rack Focus, I'm like, what, that's not as sexual <laughs> as Deep Focus. Well, that was intentional, though. <laughs> Alright, so today we're going to continue our micro-budget film adventure, and we're going to tackle writing and casting today. Writing and casting. It's actually some cool stuff. I had a lot of fun writing and casting. Casting can be a huge pain in the ass. We're doing it right now for our second film. And I was just showing Latif, like, I've got this document of all my auditions lined out. We have, like, hundreds of applications for this new film. Yeah. Which, you know, not everyone got an audition, but I, I tried to reject as few people as possible. But still, I think over the last week and a half, I've been doing auditions um, on Mondays and evenings throughout the week. And I've done close to 50 now. 50 auditions. Yeah, I try to give everyone a half hour or two. But they won't take like five, <laughs> ten minutes usually? It depends how well it goes. <laughs> one I had before you showed up. She actually took like 25 minutes. She was one of the longers. But, you know, if they're not going too well, it'll only last, you know, five minutes. But, Got it. Makes yeah. sense. So, yeah, back to writing on our first feature party stories. Um, so let's get into the first draft. And when you read the first draft... What was your initial thought? I have a great story. You're going to love this because it's the first time you'll hear it. Sweet. Don't um, embarrass me. No. Um, <laughs> when, I wrote, when I read the first draft, I was like, it's good. Mm. It's got a through line and all the characters seem like people. Mm-hmm. But initially I was like, definitely, I can hear your voice in a lot of the characters. Yeah. So like I think yeah. over the rewrites... A lot of it was like really defining who each person was and getting their yeah, personality totally. on the page. Because like for every writer, especially when they start writing, mm-hmm. they're gonna impose like their personality into every person they write. Oh yeah. In it's little bits. Something you fall into, like yeah. every first writer does it. It's hard to be subjective, but you have to be a bit of a chameleon. But when you sent the first draft, I, after I read it, like, you know, we went through some pretty simple notes mm-hmm. and then you sent me the second draft and this is great and this is a great lesson to like filmmakers and, and people who work with other film partners I didn't read the first the second draft for like a week and then you called me and you're like hey man did you read the second draft I was like yes <laughs> and I, I was trying so hard to like pretend to know what you were talking about you're like what do you think about that thing in that part and I was like it, it was something <laughs> And then I hung up the phone and I felt like a piece of shit. I was like, fuck. Then I, then I pulled open the script and I fucking sat there for an hour and a half and like blew through it. 
And I called you back. I got some second thoughts, man. And I actually gave you some real notes. But, like, that was, like, the super, like, lazy-ass version of me, which was, like, I, man, I forget to do things. And I, sometimes I just, like, hold off too, too long. But then after the second draft, I was like, all right, now we're rolling. Yeah, I think we've... Uh... We've all been there in terms of like not reading something when really I love Paul. Okay. I love reading good scripts. (laughs) Who doesn't, I guess though. Um, Well, I'm an asshole. I love reading my own stuff. Okay. And I'm just like, yeah, this is great. And then when someone hands me a script, I'm like, I don't have time for this. I think it's important for everyone to read it though. Especially like if you're going to. It's so important. Could you imagine if I said it wasn't? But, um, so yeah, I guess like. It'd be good to tackle, um, like, just how to do a rewrite and how I did a rewrite on the first draft of Party Stories and coming into the new film for the second draft of that, too. So from first to second, it's like, I think the best thing to do is show it to people. People definitely, especially first-time writers, have fears of showing their script. And those fears are well-founded, too, because, you know... (laughs) It's you get all self-conscious and nervous when someone goes to read your stuff, but you really shouldn't like just show it to people. No one's going to steal your idea. That will never happen. And if it does, it's probably a good thing because it meant you had a good idea. And if they genuinely steal it and just make the movie anyway, then you just sue them. And like, there's a reason no one gets sued for that successfully because no one ever does it. Don't have that fear. That's dumb. (laughs) It's like show people your work. And I think you got to take your um like self-doubt and all emotion really out of it because you're gonna get some notes and if you're the kind of person that gets a note and becomes very defensive people aren't gonna want to give you notes and people aren't giving you notes to cut you down you know i think anyone that's that you've given your script to and you want notes from you want them from because you believe in them you believe the way they interpret the material and you should use those notes and ingest them let them sit for a little bit and then you'll realize what parts of your story can be improved on so like don't be self-conscious showing people your stuff really listen to what they say if there's a common criticism or something that didn't get across in a draft it's something you have to address it doesn't make it doesn't matter how much it makes sense to you because you're always going to know it matters how much it makes sense to the people reading and eventually the people watching it because if they don't know then you know your art's dead in the water regardless of what medium it is, if it doesn't connect the way you want it to, then that isn't what you want exactly. at the end of the day. Um, so really take to heart notes. Sometimes it's going to be like, it's going to hurt a little bit. You're not going to know why, you know, the this part of the story worked when or didn't work when you thought it would. And another part really lit up when you thought it was okay. Like those things happen all the time. And it's not something to take in and let let it destroy you. You want to take it in and ingest it and then come back with a subjective eye and say, okay, I see what they mean by X, Y, and Z. This is how I'm going to go about it. Whether that's strengthening the initial point you wanted to make to really get it across when it kind of wasn't before, or whether you just look at it now in a different light that you have these notes be like, you know what, maybe this wasn't a great idea to begin with and you should just cut that whole thing. And I talked about this in the first episode, when you go into a second draft and you yank out a huge piece of the foundation, which we actually did in this movie, we had an entire character four party stories in the first draft Mm -hmm. that didn't speak any English. And it was kind of, it was cheeky fun, uh, but at the end of the day, 
didn't do what we needed it to do. And it was a tough call, but going to the second draft, I remember I called you and I said, hey man, there's this character, I can't remember what we had named her, but I think we can delete her, imprint some of her properties onto an existing character and make it a better, more concise story. Now, having said that, do you remember the transition from that first draft to the second draft when we deleted that? Because it ripped out a huge part of yeah. you know the foundation and how we repaired it. What do you remember about that? Well, specifically, that character you really drew from like an experience you had. Yeah, it was funny, but it was <laughs> there wasn't much to it after that. But at the same time, it felt a bit like comic relief. Like, yeah. not necessarily something you could learn from. Yeah, definitely. Because even, even in life, like, with that experience, like, I remember mm-hmm. you said, it was really, like, nagging. It wasn't something like, yeah. you're like, I've learned and I've become a better <laughs> person. You're like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, basically. So with the story, it, it started to feel the same. Like, you weren't mm-hmm. really sure what the purpose was. I, I think that's what you were communicating. Yeah. And then you took an existing character, which had... Some it's really like something a half there. character at that Yeah, there was something there, but it wasn't yeah. complete. So you, you merged the idea of this original character, took this character that wasn't fully developed, put it together, and kind of created a person. Mm-hmm. But, but the nice thing was it, it was very dynamic because um, each of those characters, like, they're very different, but when yeah. you put them together into one person, it created a completely unique person. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good lesson for the rewrite, too. Like, just taking what we have there. It, so, like I said, we deleted the one character, but really, like, when we imprinted a large amount of that character onto another, we basically deleted the second two, second character as well. So, deleting two characters, putting a new one in, that's a huge part. It's, even if you have an ensemble film, like, we had 11 people at the final draft. Yeah. So, going down from 12 to 10 and then back up to 11, it's a lot to do, but at the very least, it's a good writing exercise because you know you take a huge chunk out of your movie and it's basically like well fix it and you don't have a choice you have to fix it or else this movie's not getting made right so like even if we weren't going to delete that character i think it did a lot for like my writing the movie itself and just me as a writer it's something i definitely suggest other people to do too like even if you try deleting your main character like maybe you'll end up with a short film but doing that exercise will help you rediscover what it is and in terms of how you were saying that character was comedic relief that is absolutely true and it kind of went against the tone of the movie because at the end of the day we had said that the tone of the movie like we weren't going for straight comedy Mm -hmm. it's a feel-good picture um i referenced everybody wants some a lot in the terms that like that is a comedy but basically you're smiling the entire time uh start to finish you get you know laughs throughout the way but it's not there to design, or it's not designed to make you laugh. It's designed to make you have a really great time. And that's very much where we were going with party stories. So when you have this first draft with this character, that straight comedic relief, it kind of goes against that tone of, you know, we're not trying to make you laugh. You're going to find some comedic bits, but this really feel good. And it had this huge pit of like, look how funny we're trying to be. That mm. just didn't work. So yeah, deleting that definitely helped it. And having said that, once we deleted that character, we had our second draft. What do you think were the biggest changes we made from second draft to shooting? I don't think that's something I've ever asked you before. But do you have any thoughts on that? Mm, from second draft to shooting. Just to clarify, I think we did five drafts in total. Yeah. 
like for sure the things that I, that I really remember I think there were things that I gave you little notes about because those were the things that I, I, I noticed needed to change mm-hmm. or have a, a different reaction and it was reactions like people's reactions to certain things I always find those very um, important and they need to be in context and realistic specifically there was that scene where one character is kind of like mouthing off at a girl and Mm -hmm. then what does he do he says something to her kind of derogatory and then she like flicks him in the balls oh yeah (laughs) and the flick in the balls was actually the reaction that we went for because after he he said something shitty to her she was just like well, why would you say that? And like in she that just situation, took it and it she'd wasn't be like, authentic. "Yeah, in that situation, she'd be like, you son of a bitch,' and then like punch <laughs> him in the balls." I'm like, "That's the type of reaction I want to see." So like, I remember that specifically, mm-hmm. and then throughout just vamping up the relationships between people, um, and having a little more. Well, actually, no, not even that. Sometimes it was cutting things away because at the yeah. end of the movie, the scene between the main character. And oh like, yeah. And like one of one of the characters in the film that has an impact on him through like her you know ideology and philosophy on like it's really like life. the finale of the movie. Yeah, because it was a speech. It was like a moment, and mm-hmm. I said to Matt, like sometimes it's great to take those moments away and and let it be a couple of words and let yeah. the character sit with it. I, I'll never forget that actually, and it's something that. I don't think I consciously think of, but it's like ingrained in me. So basically how it worked is the finale of this movie is the main character and he's going through something and he talks to one of the supporting characters who I kind of designed to be like Buddha-esque. She knows everything and she's cool as a cucumber, right? So in this conversation, um, she ends up giving him some really good advice. And in the initial script, even leading up into, I want to say weeks before filming, that scene was probably what, like... 10 pages long um she six was it six roughly again okay it was six um she went on she had this big monologue um about you know how to make his life better and the lessons she's learned through being through things that are similar she just kept going on and on and i remember asking latif i'm like what do you think of this scene and you looked at me and you're like or no it was over the phone sorry you said you know, the things you usually remember in life, they aren't big, long speeches. They're just a couple words that hit you right in the heart. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, he's right. I think I said punch in the face. So, yeah. I like to say punch in the face. No, that's cool. <laughs> so basically, we took those six pages, and if like four of them were was a speech from the female character, deleted all four and uh, we ended up with five words. Yeah. That's what we condensed it down to. And when you watch the final movie, it's the last five words that the character Althea speaks right before yeah. leaving. And it just sums it up perfectly. It's yeah. like a good movie title. I'm sure when, you, when you're setting out to write your script, you know what it's about. And you can think of movie titles that'll be, you know, five pages long. Yeah. But you can't have that, right? So when you have those really impactful moments... Sometimes it's best just to say it in a really tiny section of dialogue with a subtle piece of, you know, action or reaction and just synthesize it down to its core. Even if you end up expanding on it afterwards, I think it's good to try. And in this case was absolutely appropriate and it's what we shot and arguably one of the best scenes in the movie now. 
I think so. We did it on one take, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And it looked great, too. Yeah, shockingly, that was still like a four and a half minute take. It was, yeah. No camera cuts. It didn't feel like it, though. But it was fun. To, it was fun, man. Like, that was great. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that you'll really... Or one thing I really like to do now, <laughs> even coming to this project... So we're coming up to a new film, which... I've decided to cast very early. I think we cast party stories fairly early as well, but for this one, I wanted to do it even sooner. Because I think when you're writing, if you can have someone in mind, you can almost emulate their voice better. Um, And we're in the second draft right now. We've just started casting the support characters. So when I'm auditioning people, I'm asking like, hey, this is what's written right now. How do you see this character? Where could you see a scene with them that's better than what we have right now and just pick actors brains especially because I think when it comes down to filming when you hire an actor Mm -hmm. you're saying here are the words I've written I trust you to bring this character to life and you give it to them so I think they really have to take it from that point so when you cast early and what we're going for is to find this cool little mid-zone where the written word just meshes with the actor's voice and you can get that on paper, then go into rehearsal, start banging it out and fine-tune the living shit out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's how you make you know, some really good writing, I think. Even coming down to, there was a few scenes in the movie of Party Stories where we had an idea of what we were going to talk about in the scene and I remember the guy that plays Jason came up to me once and it was a uh, an interaction between character of Jason and Jake. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey man, here's what we talk about right now. Um, I've kind of been through something similar to this and here was my experience with it. And he just told me like, hey, you know, here's what I experienced. Here's what people said to me. Here's what I said to people. And it felt really authentic to the point where like I went back to that scene he was talking about. I deleted the whole thing mm-hmm. and then just wrote a new one based off that so when you can cast early your actors actors are very in tune with all of this you know whether or not the writers or not they know what's up yeah and it can just make your writing better and better and better and it's the same thing with giving your script out to people it goes back to the uh, don't be afraid to show people your script people exactly. are going to give you good ideas and it's only going to make your script better it's something you should embrace don't run from it you know, it's going to be a little traumatizing, a little scary at points, but it's going to make it better 100% of the time. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, because honestly, with screenwriting, like, you should be selfish. And what I mean is, like, that type of, like, art form. Like, it's an art form, but it's also very much, like, uh, Like a, a step blueprint. to an art yeah, form. Yeah, you, you have to do yeah. that. Um, so, like, for example, when I take pictures or photos, mm-hmm. and I, I put them all up on my Instagram... The ones I really love, mm-hmm. sometimes people aren't crazy about. And the ones I'm like, eh, and I just throw it up. People are like, whoa, great, awesome. Yeah, totally. But the difference is with screenwriting, and I find this myself, so it might be different with every writer, but when I write something in a script or in a screenplay, and I know it's good, I feel it. I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah. And when it's not good or I'm kind of like, eh, I know. Mm-hmm. And I always trust my gut on it. So if I'm not quite crazy about it, I rewrite it. Or yeah. I'll be like, what do you think about this section? Yeah, and totally. And, like, when you have that feeling, and and don't fight that feeling. When you have, like, a, sh- a scene that's kind of, like, eh, okay. You know it can be better. And you know it can be better, and someone's giving you, like, some advice or some notes on it. 
like open it up and take the notes. Don't be mm-hmm. like, but I'm precious about it. Just yeah, here's my notes. intention. Your intention doesn't matter. It didn't work in this yeah. circumstance. Find out how to make it work. Yeah, let it go. <coughs> open up. The only like, we're running out of time for this one, but the only other thing I'll say is you hear stories. I've never had this problem myself. It'd be yeah. interesting to see if you have. You hear stories of writers saying they can't get past their first draft. They've been working on a script for you know years or just stupid amounts of time. And it boils down to what Latif just said. It's because you're being precious about the material. Yeah. I, you hear some famous writers do this. Darren Aronofsky is very famous for this. He'll lock himself in a hotel room. He'll take three days and knock out what's called a garbage draft. And you know... 80% of that's going to get deleted, but that's okay because you've got to knock out that first draft. The first draft of everything is always shit 100% of the time. You can have first drafts that are a little less shitty or first drafts that are a little more shitty, but the thing is you're going to rewrite it so much and you're going to keep refining and refining, and that's where good scripts come from. Yeah. Don't compare your first draft to Star Wars exactly. or The Godfather or Shawshank, whatever it is. Those movies went through a lot of rewrites. And if you read the first draft of Star Wars, it's not that good. Like, and I'm not knocking Star Wars. I love Star Wars. But you have to get that first draft out. You have to do your best, you know, but don't take forever on it. Bang it out. Like, I try and do first drafts in a month at most. Then sit on it for a month, digest it, take the notes in, refine. Yeah. You're going to get to a point where it's good if you keep doing that. Don't beat yourself up. The first draft of everything is shit. Yeah, and if your reason for loving a scene or something you wrote is because you wrote it, that's mm-hmm. not enough. <laughs> Agreed. Or, yeah. first-time writers often fall into this trap, too. They write something that's really, 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 really interesting, but only to them, because they lived it. It's always going to be more interesting to you if what you're writing is directly influenced by something you've done Mm. the test is when you throw it out to other people and you say is this interesting to you because at the end of the day you're not making a movie so only you can watch it repeatedly you're making a movie so you can send it out to the world and say this is now yours and when you say this is now yours you want to have the confidence that it is the best thing you could have made so don't get butthurt about it and then refine your script as many times as you need to yeah Alright. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's all I have for writing. Uh, we didn't get to casting, but... What, how, how close are we? How many minutes are we? One minute. Alright. Thanks for listening. Alright, see you next time, guys. Peace.